You, you better got, change uh, that baby. He's got some mud crutch down there. Baby's got a case of the mud <laughs> crutch over there. Hello and welcome to episode 183 of the Erasable Podcast. I'm 49% power remaining Johnny Gamber, here with my fully charged co-hosts, Tim Wassum and Andy Welfley. Hello, guys. <laughs> That's my battery is definitely baby. not fully charged. <laughs> I don't think it's ever been fully charged. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those old batteries, like rechargeable double A's from like the 90s, which if you recharge it like three times, all of a sudden you only get like, you know, a quarter of the power out of it. Definitely that's me. <laughs> or Big Lebowski style uh, cell phone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was at a, our local bookstore today, and speaking of Big Lebowski, they had a look and find book, like a Big Lebowski look and find book. It's like what? huge scenes from the book, and you had to like, find the dude and find different things in it, like a where's oh, wall. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, oh, there's so many scenes that are good for that, like the Jackie Treehorn house scene, like that whole thing. Like, the like, whole dream. Waldo? Like the yeah. dreamscape and the movie set. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's so good. Bowling alley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was a bad way to reference what we're going to talk about tonight, which is <laughs> <laughs> half used up stationary. So <laughs> I don't know where my brain was when I wrote that intro. But, I'll just run with it. <laughs> yeah. So being ecologically minded citizens of the world and, you know, pencil nerds, we don't like the idea of throwing away perfectly good paper and pencils. And this seems to be a time of year when, you know, kids or office folks or college students are bringing home like half a notebook, three quarters of a pencil or three quarters of 20 pencils. So, you know, it's a... F- this is stuff you can make something with. And in the summer, you know, being creative and making things is probably a good way to not just watch TV all day. So yeah, we're going to take a look at some stuff you can do with the crap your kids or partners or friends are bringing home or you <laughs> or if you're doing that. <laughs> I, I'm close to someone who's going to be cleaning out their office soon. So I'm anticipating some fun discoveries. <laughs> I volunteered to go help for that reason. <laughs> yeah. But uh, before we talk about old stuff, let's talk about uh, current stuff and tools of the trade. Do you want to go first, Andy? Sure. Well, I, I did something that I barely ever do. I First, I went to go see a movie for the second time in the theater, which I don't usually do. And secondly, it was also a Marvel movie. Like I like Marvel movies are fine. Like I don't watch most of them. I like Doctor Strange because I like Benedict Cumberbatch. And a friend wanted to see the latest Doctor Strange movie, which I saw maybe like a month ago. And I went with them to go see it. And it was, it was so, have either of you seen like a Marvel movie for the second time, like in the theater or anything like that? Uh, I've no. never seen one for the first time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, that... it's amazing. It's amazing how when you like kind of have a track of the plot, like how many huge plot holes you see as soon as that happens, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I there's, I mean, the kind of the formula of Marvel movies and really many movies, action movies like this is just like you know, there's a thing that happens and then you have to figure that out, but there's this other thing that happens that he has even bigger stakes and it just kind of escalates. And there's like new mechanics that are introduced and it's just well. You know, what if you just did that in the first place? Like it would have been, you wouldn't have had this whole thing. <laughs> and there was definitely, definitely something like that happened in this, but it was fun. Again, big Benedict Cumberbatch fan, the sort of like idea of 
multiverses and like alternate realities and all this stuff is fun. It's a fun movie. It's directed by Sam Raimi, who has directed a bunch of just kind of like old kind of kitschy horror films, Army of the Dead and you know things like that. So it's there's like some interesting like horror elements to this, which is bigger and more pronounced than in many other Marvel movies. At one point, Doctor Strange is like necromancing a, an alternate reality version of himself and like like little demons from hell come out and like try to drag him to hell and he <laughs> he uses them as like his cape to fly through the air like it's just like a lot like zombie <laughs> zombie doctor strange does this so it's fun it's very kitschy and campy imagine if like some of those old horror movies had like the budget that like i was gonna say a marvel movies had. million dollar budget yeah. Oh, they so, wouldn't be as good. <laughs> exactly. And I think they did a really good job of like maintaining sort of that, that like campiness, but yet making it like so it was very good. I guess if anybody hasn't seen it and you don't want spoilers, we should sound the spoiler horn and say that I really wanted to see it because Patrick Stewart's in it in this in a way that is kind of secret and I didn't realize until it came out and I just I love Patrick Stewart, so that was really fun. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it's I'm, I don't think I've seen the first Doctor Strange, and so that means that I'm probably like three and a half years away from seeing the new Doctor Strange. So, yeah, yeah, it's totally fine. I think the reason that he's in it is probably the bigger spoiler for people, and I will not I will not kind of spoil that. But if people here are invested in Marvel movies, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like there's like, yeah, just some cool reasons. There's that. I am just started a novel called Dreams Bigger Than Heartbreak, which is by one of my favorite sci-fi authors, Charlie Jane Anders. This is the second in a trilogy about, I, th- I think I talked about the last one called Victory is Greater Than Death, which is sort of like this really great sweeping space opera, but with like in a universe where there's just like so many like non-binary characters and it's just sort of like hyper-inclusive, which I think is really cool. So kind of reading that, it's it's very like so imaginative in the same way that like a Douglas Adams novel is and but also like has a lot of like really fun it's written for young adults so primarily but it reminds me of this book series from when I was a kid Tim you might have been familiar with this did did you remember Bruce Coville like a YA sci-fi author he wrote a series of books called like my teacher is an alien there's some that are like more fantasy rather than like sci-fi opera oh, sure. i'm looking up a list right now and aliens ate my homework i remember that yeah yeah yep. okay has really strong bruce coville vibes which was i think very important to me as like a middle school reader somebody who read a lot of like of those books when i was that age so yeah these just i hope and like to think that there are kids who are like in middle school or even earlier who are just like really getting into reading literature because of these books so it's just kind of fun to read. And I also, I don't do a lot of reading of graphic novels, but a friend recommended this thing called Don't Go Without Me. And it's like three three sort of like short-ish stories told in graphic novel form. And it's just like gorgeous. Like the, it's all illustrated in just three colors. I think it's like white and yellow and pink. And they just yeah, capture just a really certain, and there's sort of like this metaphysical kind of like science fiction-y kind of beat to it. And it's just so good so i should ask our friend tiffany babb about this novel if she's if she's read it and has any recommendations because yeah it's just extremely good and i am writing with an extremely speaking of half used beat up half used golden bear one of the later made in the usa ones excuse me in my journal that somebody amazing made me out of a murder mystery cover oh awesome can i interrupt you and ask how you like that paper love that paper okay it's new i don't know how it's working It was at first when I was writing with it, I was because I'm very much used to bearing fake paper at this point. When I was writing with it, I was like, oh, this is so smooth. Like, is it going to work? But no, it's so good. That was a good choice. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> Tim, how about you? Well, I'm going to start out with an apology based on the news. <laughs> I did news. not have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> no, and I thank our buddy Adam Webb for calling me out on this. I got a text from him and said, hey, good thing you endorsed that James Patterson novel right before he said some dumb racist stuff. So, yeah, oh, so I was talking last... What did he say? He said some stupid stuff about how these days white authors are dealing with a different kind of racism. And it's like, says the guy who lived next door to Jeffrey Epstein. Wow. But, wow. Yeah, Where yeah. Live, so I'm, I'm going to go smack him in his It's even mouth. harder for older writers. You don't meet many 50-year-old white males. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who made their career writing novels. Yeah, um, no, har- yeah. hardly at all. It's so hard finding teams of, you know, MFA grads to underpay to write my novels for me so <laughs> anyways i might not be finishing that book because so my such a incredibly tone deaf and stupid thing to say so. so what you're saying is my bill clinton joke was very on on point <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think yeah. meant for each other wow so yeah so i'll start with that Jeez. thank you adam and issue that public apology thought i was being like in my own version of like hey you know i know he's popular you, but he can write gonna... a good book are you going to tweet out a uh, screenshot of the no sack, which is with like a... Yeah, it's actually going to start with my fellow Americans, because I because since yes. Bill Clinton was involved too, I'm a, I got to... <laughs> so, so there's that. All right, now, moving on. I've been reading a new book to me, but Tom Petty biography. Hmm. It's called Petty, the biography <laughs> by, <laughs> by Warren Zanes. And I don't know how this... like missed my radar for so long because I love rock and roll books and I love songwriter biographies and stuff, but uh, it's really good and well-written. It's written by Warren Zane, who's a musician himself. And I think his band, I'm forgetting their name, but they had opened for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers for a little while. Now he is pretty much just a writer and he puts out some solo albums. I believe the Del Fuegos was the name of his band, but he just became friends with Tom Petty and then Tom Petty basically blessed his writing of a biography. And so a lot of it comes from pretty intimate like conversations that they had late at night, you know, just spending time with friends, which makes the book really interesting. So I'm actually pretty far into it. I'm like, I don't know, quarter of the way into, or a third of the way into it or something. And a lot of it has been about mud crutch, his first band with, or not first band, but first big band that had one of the worst band names in the history of rock and roll. (laughs) Mud (laughs) Mud crutch. That's Money pretty crutch. bad. That sounds like a euphemism for some kind of digestive ailment. <laughs> oh, man. My mud that crutch sounds... is really kicking in today. <laughs> they, yeah, they're from Florida. So it's a very Florida name, I think. But <laughs> mud crutch. Oh, mud crutch is when a baby has such a load that it drags <laughs> behind them. As if it's a third and leg perfect. or some sort of tripod. Mud crutch. Mud crutch. <laughs> you okay. better change uh, that baby. He's got some mud good. crutch down there. Baby's got a case of mud crutch over there. Mud crutch, I tell you what. <laughs> That's dirty pool, mister. So, but the book, the book awesome. So. <laughs> if you're into Tom Petty at all, it's a really good read. And he has access to everyone. And it's also not like a total rah-rah piece about Tom Petty. There's a part where there's a really good documentary. It's like 10 hours long or something. It's not really, but it's long. Peter Bogdanovich made about Tom Petty. And there's like a member of mud crutch who was photoshopped out of all the pictures in the documentary, which was like super <laughs> wow. shady and weird. And so like the book yeah. addresses that and like 
you know, talks about how mad this guy was because he was one of the original members and why did he get just like airbrushed out like that? Was he the bass player? Because they usually forget us. No, Tom Petty was the bass player of Mudcrutch, so they remember. <gasps> yeah, he was the bass player. Yeah, so good book. I found a new podcast today thanks to the algorithm at Instagram, so thanks Zuckerberg. <laughs> but I follow David Sedaris on Instagram, which is, of course, not David Sedaris. It's his publicist or whatever. And yeah. so I've never, I never see any posts from that account, but one popped up and I was like, holy crap. And then I, it was like a really cool painting of his face or like a, whatever, a picture that had been made to look like a painting or something. But the podcast is called Talk Easy. Have you heard of this? No. So I just discovered it today. It's called the Talk, Talk Easy podcast. And there's a ton of episodes and it's on Pushkin Network, which is Malcolm Gladwell's podcast network. I don't think it was always on there, but now it is. But I... David Sedaris was on there yesterday. So I listened to that today. And then I scrolled down a little bit and saw that George Saunders was on. And I listened to that. Stacey today. Abrams. And Stacey Abrams was on recently. I downloaded Jennifer Egan, her episode. I started listening to, oh crap, what was it? Nick Offerman has an episode yeah. recently. I don't know. It's just like a bunch of good people on there. And the interviewer is excellent. Like does really good research for these. I mean, he pulls out some questions that both, both Sedaris and Saunders were like, Holy crap! Where'd you find, where'd you find that, or where'd you get this? So really, it's, I love the like illustration styles of the the guests on their website. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah. So, but yeah, it's I definitely recommend it, and I'm super excited. I love when I come across something like this. It's like, how did I possibly miss this? But there's 150 episodes or whatever to wade through and listen to. And lastly, is this album "American Heartbreak" by Zach Bryan that just came out. I've been listening to it's a little more on the countryside than anything else I've listened to but kind of the indie outlaw country he's actually I might have talked about him before on here but pretty interesting guy because he doesn't he's totally independent and I think he started releasing music while he was in the the navy or something like that and he would just record oh, wow. him like in his bedroom with a you know with like mattresses up against the wall to to dampen the sound and hmm release them independently on Spotify and streaming services and doesn't even, I don't even think he makes physical copies of any of his music, but yeah, he's a really good songwriter. There's a, if you want to get a feel for him, there's a song called come as you are. <laughs> yeah. Not a, not a Nirvana cover, <laughs> but it's a great tune. gives you a kind of a feel. It's like Tyler Childers, Sturgill Simpson kind of stuff, but he's great. And so I'm really enjoying that new album. It's a double album. It's another big one. Like Wilco's I talked about last week and I am writing with my timber twist, which has a Palomino HB, Ooh. in it loving that and uh, i'm using my pocket my my navy pocket moleskin the hardback you know i can't remember if i mentioned it here or not i i a couple moves ago i lost my timber twist and i have no idea where it is oh, oh. i have yeah and of course there's no other ones in existence right like i feel like mm -hmm. everybody has theirs and i bugged john fontaine to see if he could sell me another one and he's like i don't have any more yeah it's so uh, sad. Do you that have, those went away. Do you have a metal one at least? Yes, I have two two metal ones. I have a, the blue anodized twist, and then I he had that like special one made out of that kind of like that green enamel coating, and I have one of those which I really like. Oh, but, I mean, I guess that's a small consolation, but yeah, yeah the wood. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> actually, so, I don't know where mine is either, but I do know it's here somewhere. Yeah. It's probably got lost with that extra box of twenty four or two elevens. I can't find, or maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't have it anymore. 
Yeah. I stole both of those when we came to visit a couple years ago. Oh, okay. Well, at least yeah. they're getting used. Best up now. Yeah. No, but that's all I got. So how about you, Johnny? Well, I just have a couple things. I it's I've taken it's taken a few goes because I keep kind of falling asleep. But I was watching a but set in Amsterdam crime drama called Vandervolk that was on Masterpiece. You guys caught this, or did you also see the picture and assume it wasn't in English because the guy looks... I think maybe you were talking about it before. Maybe that's not it. Yeah. I mean... I've not seen it. Me and my British crime dramas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's totally watchable. There's another season out. I don't know when we're going to get it in the US. But uh, yeah, they also endeavors on Sunday. Just saying. Mm. The new season. Like, I'm losing sleep over this. (laughs) Like, Father's Day nothing. Endeavor. (laughs) But um, yeah, the only other thing I've been consuming is a book that I only started recently called The Paris Library that Amazon kept recommending to me over and over again. So I just bought the damn book. And uh, so far, it's interesting. It's a nice ode to libraries. Hmm. It's about the American library in Paris right before World War II, which was an English language subscription library. So there's a broad cast of characters. Really cool. And uh, yeah, that's it. I've been like super boring and just like binding books and trying not to lose my mind with the kids ending school. And um, <laughs> you haven't been reading I'm... books. You've been making books. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's getting out of hand. So I'm using a write notepads telegraph that I found in my pencil cup. I forgot. That's I think the prettiest pencil they put out. Yeah. And there are a lot of close seconds. But that was a really good pencil. And I'm writing in a, a pride notebook that I made that has Nina Classic Crest, which really likes pencils and fountain pens, especially the cedar point that I used earlier. I'm seeing. But yeah. yeah. How about we jump into fresh points? Yeah. Go first, Kenny. Don't have a lot to talk about since last time. Pencil related. But I, I realized that the like, I guess this is a little bit of a meandering story, but I swear it gets to something that is related to the stuff. So I just started a couple of weeks ago. I got Invisaligns, which are those like basically braces that are the clear little liners that you put on your teeth. And I have them in now. And I had them when we recorded our last episode, but my lisp, it gives you a lisp. And my lisp is so bad that I was just like, I don't, I can't do a podcast with these in. So it's still a little bit there. I don't know if anybody here can tell, but... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have known I, anything if you didn't say it. Yeah, but I... As part of this, like you have to wear them all the time, except when you're eating and you're supposed to put them back in after you're done eating. So I realized that if I wanted to go to a restaurant, I really should have like a little travel toothbrush and some toothpaste with me so I can brush my teeth or something. So I've been trying to find a little tiny carrying case to put a, excuse me, small toothbrush and toothpaste into my shoulder bag that I usually carry around with me. And there's a, a company called Tom Bin. If anybody here is a, a bag person, you're probably familiar with Tom Bin. It's a Seattle-based company. And... They had the most perfect little bag. I'll find a link for the show notes, but it looks kind of like a little taco, taco shaped. And you just put your little toothbrush in there and your toothpaste in there. And it's it, it also would work for like small, like bullet pencils or short pens or something like that. Just a, an eraser sharpener. And I just love it. So I kind of clipped that to the inside of my bag. And I also, while I was um, just on their website, I found this really great little uh, travel accessories tray that they make which is like if you're traveling and you know and stay in a hotel or something like that there's this little fold out dish that you can put like your keys and your sunglasses and like all your stuff in just to kind of keep it together and i am just so happy with my purchase <laughs> i just like these things so much so it's not exactly pencil related but it's sort of like the whole like you know storage and everyday carry kind of thing so i definitely recommend tom bin i love my shoulder bag from tom bin Someday I'm going to buy a backpack, like a book bag made by them. 
just a big fan. Yeah, that is that's it for me. Tim, how about you? Well, first thing, I just I feel like every once in a while, it's or now it's seeming like it's every other episode. I end up talking about the Musgrave Instagram page. It's so good, though. It is so good. It's so good. And my latest obsession from the Musgrave Instagram page was from, and I actually have to pull it up again here, but was a photo they posted of somebody and it said like, who loves, it's just like, who loves the Tennessee red this much or something like that. And there was a picture of this like really cool looking, I guess jam jar is what you'd call it. It's like hexagonal jam jar filled with nubs of Tennessee reds. <sighs> which just absolutely loved. And then I realized that my kids have that jar. I think they got it like from their grandparents and had like a, I don't know, some stupid roly poly in there or something that died like three weeks ago. <laughs> and so I ran into their room <laughs> and found it and dumped it out, cleaned it. And now I've got the exact same jar to store all of my pencil nubs. And it makes me so very happy. And I was wanting to ask you guys, cause we haven't talked about it for a while. Where do you, do you guys keep all of your pencil nubs or do you just throw them out? Oh, I I often like don't have pencil nubs because I switch pencils before I even get to that level. That's what I was going to, that's what I was going to say. Like I don't produce as many as I would have thought because I I used to plan on filling up this whiskey bottle with them in my office and there's like nine. I'm like, I guess, what do you consider a nub? Like how short? Uh, We'll say from like eraser to point like three inches. Okay. Yeah. Two and yeah. a half like that. I don't know. I usually stop right right before it gets down past the Steinbeck stage. But and usually like I just I don't even know. I usually lose it or I put it in like a empty cigar box or something like that. So I don't have I have an assorted collection of mostly used pencils, which I guess is part of the topic we'll get into. But yeah, I don't usually have I I don't usually let it get to a nub stage. Yeah. Yeah, that's me most of the time. But man, I'm in love with this little jar and I love their yeah. Instagram feed <laughs> and I love this picture so much. And I, I'm assuming that's the doings of our friends if they're the ones who are using that many Tennessee Reds. I love it. Yeah. I mean, Nicole's probably just sitting there just sharpening them all the way down just so she could take that <laughs> they're picture. They're just like the kid's busy. Like, I need you yeah. to sharpen down uh, Keep 35 sharpening. of these pencils. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry that your fingers hurt. Bleeding. Keep sharpening. Yeah. <laughs> your hands are all calloused from like the yes. crank sharpener. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I just thought I would start with that. Now, other thing I was going to bring up that I saw in the Facebook group that absolutely blew my mind in 15 different ways. Did you see that somebody had posted just today that at a thrift store, they found a full box of 12 Eberhard Faber black wings with the black stripe? Wow. That makes me happy. And it looks like, and I didn't see this, I looked through the comments to try to confirm this, but it has a $2 sticker on it. <laughs> and so the person posts it and says, Hey, I don't know how much these are worth, but are these the newer ones or the older ones? What do you guys think? And then the entire, you know, group yeah. had a seizure <laughs> and then, yeah, but this is, and I, it was mind blowing to think this is that this is out there at all because yeah. I remember in our early days of podcasting and because one of the things that sparked this, and I've told this story before, but when I was at church and I found that round, Ticonderoga and I was like and I asked you guys like do you know what these are where can I find these that started this kind of obsession with just kind of always looking around like you're always sort of foraging for pencils and I don't spend a lot of time at thrift stores but I would be at like 
you know, my grandparents' house, right? I'd be at like places and I'd be like, I just wonder somewhere around here, you know, I'm going to find it. Or, you know, like as if you're going to go to an estate sale and there's going to be like a box from an attic that's full of this yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then it gets you into that depressing thought of like how many of these are sitting in landfills, you know? Yeah. I think about like estate sales and when like, you know, estate sale planners are going through things, trying to figure out what to sell, them running across just like some old desk from a guy who like was a an artist in the 60s or something mm-hmm. and like looking through all of the like old pencils and just being like a trash just chucking them yeah just chucking them like i think about that a lot yeah like it's pretty remarkable that these ones even made it from wherever the hell they came yeah. from into a thrift store and got marked two dollars like yeah <laughs> like that just... and then somebody who like had some inkling of like knowledge of what these are was just like oh look at these you know it could it's probably been in that thrift store for 15 years right like (laughs) it's been in the same booth at this little antique store thrift store or whatever and this person's like i just i carry it in i put it down and i forget about it and i pick up my money every once in a while it's just been there since like clinton was in office (laughs) you know before he was writing books with racists (laughs) anyways i just Love that. It was, yeah, posted by Marcy in the group and just, yeah. Marcy, congratulations. That's amazing. (laughs) I'm so happy for you. Very cool. And another story I wanted. 52 comments. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, yeah, 52. (laughs) Looking at that post right now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, people are like, and you just made $598 (laughs) or whatever. Yeah, pretty wild. Yeah, another story, which I did we talk about the David Reese sharpening of the giant pencil story? before i don't think I, we did i don't no. think so i didn't want to I, we talked about it a little bit before the show and then it like hit me that like maybe it had gotten mentioned i don't know but so story out of minnesota there's a in a place called lake of the isles in minnesota and there was this fellow named john higgins who read about and saw i saw a video about this that he commissioned an artist to turn this like damaged oak tree, I guess like a beloved tree or whatever, like from their house had fallen down and to turn it into a 20 foot tall pencil. Yeah. And so I guess through the connection of this artist who worked on turning it into a giant pencil called the trusty says on the side, <laughs> that person is probably the person who knew about David Reese and then roped David Reese into this insanity. <laughs> and it is just one of the, best thing like to think that david reese writer of how to sharpen a pencil this far past all of that pencil stuff that he did still got called back in still had the apron and showed up and just like went to work if you haven't seen the videos you need to watch them because it's pretty short like news clip like local news clip but they it it looks like he had helped them fashion like a pretty nice looking like hand trimmed point on this gigantic pencil and then the unveiling ceremony as they put this like little wooden cap over the core which i'm not clear if it's actually a core that big or if it's just painted i'm assuming it's painted because that would be bananas if it wasn't but anyways they just put this cap and then this dude pulls out a chainsaw and chainsaws the cap off of the tip and it's like everybody was waiting for the unveiling of the point of the (laughs) of the pencil which was amazing like absurdist david reese kind of stuff like as if everybody was standing next to these this 
scaffolding like i wonder what it's gonna be <laughs> <laughs> is it what gonna be a be? chisel and point then, is it gonna be a long point remove that and they're like oh it's a pencil oh my gosh i had no idea but yeah such a cool story but like and i need to point out that this the last the, the person who commissioned the artist to turn this pencil thing into a pencil there's a quote from him in this little you know dinky local news article and it closes the article closes with when you sharpen it it's a promise to write a love letter, to write a formula, to write a story. <laughs> it's like, oh <laughs> my gosh. New tagline for the podcast. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> Ooh, Higgins. Podcast should, to write a I wonder pencil. if we can talk to this individual on our podcast. Oh, that would be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, I volunteer uh, to track this person down. Do it. Yeah. John Higgins. Maybe it'll be easier He's to get than uh, like this a... author of this book. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> true. All right. Backstory. <laughs> I think that's all I got. So yeah, it was that was I found it was posted by Dan in the group. So that was where I had originally come across it. I had come across it on Twitter, like when it first had come. I think it was maybe through David Reese following him, and he had reposted it on or he had posted it on instagram or something and i just kind of forgot about it but then i was reminded by dan's post so that was just a cool story yeah pencils in the world so johnny <laughs> johnny how about you so i don't have a lot i've just been like bookbinding and spending hours on end researching needles because needles are a very interesting topic and uh, I, excuse me I spend a lot of time in my day with different kinds of knives and awls and things like this. And I get like little cuts, but like last weekend I took a break to make some salad and I dropped a chef's knife on my foot and like, you know, usually you get out of the way and this time I did not and it landed Oof. point down. So like, I learned a lot about what are those things called? Stary strips. I'd never used them before. But when you told us like the preview of the story, I was imagining like an exacto knife from bookbinding. Yeah. Oh, no. It was an ancient chef's, chef's knife. knife. Um, I figured you, you have all these needles. You could just stitch yourself back up. There you go. Well, it was gaping it was open. And, like, you know, it was a Sunday around dinner time. I'm like, I really don't feel like getting stitches tonight. Like, I had to get my toenails cut out once. And, like, getting needles in your feet really hurts. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I have other things to do than sit there getting my foot sewn up. So <laughs> <laughs> we gave butterfly bandages a shot. And... It was such a clean cut because I keep my knives so sharp that it stopped bleeding and my kids stopped freaking out like really bad. So I didn't realize I left a blood trail into the bathroom and they're like, oh my God, daddy's dying. Like, no, I'm not dying. One of the medicines I'm on thins my blood. So I feel like a all five toes anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, could have been a lot worse. This is not related to pencils at all, except just be careful with your knives. <laughs> I'm careful all day, but Frankie and I were talking and I was cutting a cucumber and I was like, oh no. And then it got me. Oof. But uh, yeah, in a non-sharp way, if you're, you know, I know some folks offline are dabbling in some bookbinding, but I just got some Saddler's Harness Needles, which you'll have to look up, which have like changed my life. And part of that is that they're not sharp. And, you know, I have less puncture wounds in my hands these days. So if you're bookbinding, check those out. And finally, I've been experimenting with Suminagashi, which is Japanese paper mar- water marbling. Have you guys seen like any cool videos with this or what I it looks think like? So if that's the one I'm I've thinking of, some stuff on Instagram, I feel like. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh, you, like the little brushes in the water that you just kind of use to make the patterns, right? Yeah, it's like, different. They from, create um, it creates rings. 
Yeah, Turkish marbling is a lot more, well, not a lot more, it's more like intentional, like you have a little more control, but yeah, with this, like you have some control, but I like to use like airflow and just like see what happens and get some very unexpectedly cool and also like completely garbage results. Because <laughs> this, I mean, this seems like the kind of thing you've got to do a lot to get really good at it and I'm yeah. not. But it is very relaxing and fun. And unlike other forms of water marbling, you don't need to prepare your water. It's just mm. plain water. Yeah. So it, it looks like the examples I'm seeing looks like like tree rings. Yeah, right. it's really neat. Yeah. There's the one of the my favorite YouTubers, Daz Bookbinding. He does a really nice video of it, and he's like really good at it. And his, he has a very relaxing Australian accent that sounds like the dad from Bluey. If you have kids and you watch that really cute cartoon <laughs> delightful yeah but so yeah be careful <laughs> don't be like johnny watch your toes people watch your toes yes. <laughs> and i uh, i took the bandages off now it's reopening a week later so it's alarming let's get some super you glue go to the hospital do like red hot chili pepper style just super glue that thing shut and so i had to have my finger glued shut before and the, the nurse like he sat there with an entire bottle of water, drip by drip, cleaning it out. And I'm like, is it necessary for you to torture me like this? <laughs> and it turns out if you glue it and you don't, you're not positive, it's absolutely clean. You'll have a subcutaneous infection that can be very painful. I'm like, okay, putting the glue away. Because, you know, bookbinding glue is flexible. So that would work well, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay this is getting gross. we are not Let's... medical professionals do not take your medical advice from do not medical podcast. Home, yeah, yes. rosie doesn't know that yet rosie's like daddy you're a doctor i'm like not like that kind <laughs> not doctor. that kind of doctor <laughs> i can heal your soul but not your foot <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's jump into our main topic and i feel like this is one of those episodes where there can be some fun like practical takeaways if folks you know do any of these things and put it in the group that would be really cool maybe we could feature it somehow but, you know, we, as we mentioned before, it's a time of year when your kids might come home with like, you know, half composition book, 13 quarter length pencils, like half pink pearl and other quote fractional school supplies. And excuse me, yesterday I was at Office Depot and they had like back to school stuff out already. Yesterday was wow. June. What was yesterday? The 12th? Yeah. So, I mean, they didn't have back to school signs up but it was clearly all their back to school stuff it was really freaky because usually fourth july is when they'd start doing that but um, you know we'll be there no matter what pretty soon so it's tempting to just toss all that stuff like i'm gonna buy new pencils soon i don't need these pencils but i think you know we can have a pass on a better ethic to our children and <laughs> teach them to be creative and you know sometimes that half chewed up pencil is one you're not going to be afraid of using up and who knows what you might create with it. So I thought we could put this in sections, talk about yeah. like the thing, at least in my house that comes home most is unused notebooks. Oh yeah. Charlotte came home with none because she used all of her unused notebooks to draw when she was supposed to be paying attention in class, <laughs> but there are worse uses of notebooks. But what do you guys think you could do with some, especially composition books because the paper is not loose. Well, it'd probably be a very, not a very good episode if I just said that I just like hoard them all and I just have a shelf full of all this stuff. Probably not a great idea. But I, when I lived in the same town as my young children relatives, I would often just give them 
give my, at that time, my toddler niece, like half used books just to draw in or write in the back. I think it's a good, if there's not like, you know, much in the front that I'm trying to save, like it's a really good, you can just flip it over and have some blank pages. So it's good for children to just play with. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, that's definitely like a way that I like to, to use it. Yeah. This, that's the, this topic almost kind of makes me sad because <laughs> in thinking about this is a great, great idea for a, for an episode. And then it just made me realize like how I could have done cool things or I could have done something interesting. Cause like I have all these ideas now that, but I, we actually just cleaned out my son's room. And so because I am who I am, I'm going through his notebooks that were left over from second and third grade. And he's in the years now where they have like five that they like shuffle through all day long for each mm -hmm. subject or whatever. And so I'm going through them like math, trash, history, trash, <laughs> English. Keep, because all, they do all these like cool like foldables and stuff like that. But now I'm thinking like, I mean, moving forward, one thing that would be pretty cool if you're into this kind of thing is to go into some more like old school scrapbooking and like actually clip stuff out of their notebooks, like mm. from the pages that they did use. Oh yeah. Which isn't exactly how to use the rest of the notebook, but like, you know, just like funny sentences they write or like a little doodle or a drawing and just kind of create a few pages of a sort of scrapbook set up to represent each year of like little artifacts from school would be really neat. And that's something I might have to. That is really fun. About. Think about trying. Yeah, that's a good idea. Next year. I mean, I, I still have my mother saved a bunch of notebooks from when I was a kid, and I now have a notebook from first grade where I wrote like little short stories. And mm -hmm. oh, awesome. Yeah, that like that's a it would be fun to curate that into some kind of a collection. Oh, yeah, totally. And the ones that I've pitched from Henry's are definitely not like he, we, if anything that he just has had himself like personally and just been like writing stuff down and yeah, little lists, I'll keep that until I'm in the grave. But the school stuff don't have the same kind of attachment i guess yeah yeah and my henry was very eager to get rid of his like nope that goes over i don't want it anymore <laughs> fair enough it's been a long year yeah. but i get that's a good way you could use up what's left of some glue sticks i mean if any glue sticks <laughs> survive go. the school year because i don't know what the hell kids do with glue sticks but my god they just eat them at the end I assume. yeah i was gonna say do you guys just eat these things like what do you do yeah delicious um, I mean, they're not I've peppermint flavored anymore so <laughs> they have scented ones from elmer's oh dangerous uh, they're they're back out this year and they're i mean they're not bad glue sticks but uh, I've let Rose use some of my more expensive ones before, and she'll hand it back to me. And I'm like, oh, you keep it. Like, what would you do to this thing? <laughs> it's all gone. Yeah. It's a simple operation. I've got some notebooks. I have a good amount of notebooks from when I was in probably like high school, not younger than that. But do you guys, have you ever experienced this where I have, I had a, the one that I'm thinking of specifically was for my creative writing class, I think, or it might have been junior English. It was junior English. And I was like, I think I did some like really cool stuff in that dome because I remember wanting to keep it. I held on to it. It's been following me for, you know, 15 years or whatever. And then I find it and I open it up and I only wrote in like the first 20 pages. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, geez, this is like an empty, <laughs> an empty but it's like <laughs> in my imagination, it's this like amazing, I keep using the word, but like artifact, like, oh gosh, this is like an important moment. And then I look at it, I'm like, I didn't really do much in here. <laughs> but the myth of it is stuck with me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with, and this happens with field notes, like I, because I don't use pocket notebooks a whole lot, I don't go through them very fast. And there's definitely times when I like want to try out like a different notebook. I get bored of one before I fill it, before I fill it up. And I, I even just like keep those around because like, I really enjoy looking through 
just like lists that I've made or a quick sketch that I did just to see what I was like thinking about. It's kind of like looking at your Facebook memories, right? Like it's the same sort of like, oh, I wonder what I was, it was what was in my mind like on this date. So, you know, field notes don't take up that much space. I mean, in the scale that we collect them, yes, but like I sometimes just like to pick one up and look through it. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, I, a couple of years ago, I was trying to distill like interesting stuff from my field notes and put them into another notebook because, you know, in a given field notes, like two pages are worth looking at and the rest of it like the, yeah. but early, I mean, mine, not that you guys are <laughs> writing crap in yours. True. Yeah. It was like daunting. I just kind of gave up after a couple of weeks. It's like, I don't know. When, and like Tim was saying, sometimes in those artifacts, you look back and you're like, what the hell did I do with this notebook that if it wasn't written in would be worth $300? Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> but, you know, it was $3 at the time. Now they're $5 a piece. Wow. So the, when was this? And the, I don't know why it came out in the fall, but I found a giant pack of loose leaf paper in a recycling bin that Charlotte had shoved in there because I think like the corners were bent. Like, all right, child. So we're not this spoiled. Jeez. We're not going to waste the 24 cents we spent on this package. (laughs) Loose leaf paper. Yeah. You know what? It was, we bought it online, so it might have been a dollar. (laughs) But I like cut it up and made a two inch thick notebook. I'm like, here, use this notebook for stuff. I don't think she did anything with it. But uh, this year I took Henry's and I think I've gotten a little better at making books since the fall. And I made him this like really cool little fat book that had Mandalorian and the Grogu from a recycled gift bag from his birthday on the third as the spine. It it, like, it looks really cool, but he won't use it because it looks cool. He doesn't want to mess it up. Yep. He's one of us. Yeah. Usually he's the kid that'll sharpen it right up and be like, let's rock. So I'm surprised, but I think it's, it was Grogu. He has a special place in his heart for Grogu. Mm -hmm. That's baby Yoda, right? Yes. Um, That's what everybody called him. Baby Yoda. Yes. That is him. Now, this not to change this or not really change the subject, but like a notebook like that, Johnny, that you make out of like this found stuff for Henry. How long does it take you start to finish to make one of those? It's hard to say because of the glue drying, but um, well, let's say like active time, like not I don't know, an hour or two mm-hmm. of cutting, folding, sewing, and then making the cover. But okay. it was small and it was for Henry, so it was like all recycled stuff, and yeah. I might not have been that careful on all the measurements. <laughs> Plus, like, at that size, it's really hard, too. It's, like, two and a half by three and a half or something like that. It's pretty little. It's cute, though. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, I've started doing that, but that Henry had some notebooks that we got him from Staples with plastic covers and black tape, and they were all falling apart, and the covers were destroyed and useless. But it occurred to me that if we'd had some cooler covers or even just heavier covers, it could have made some fun stuff out of that just for the hell of it. Like, hey, here's a box. Put all your like lightsabers in this for your Legos. You stop losing them, and I don't have to pull them out of the vacuum cleaner anymore. <laughs> One of those Legos can just really go through the, really do some damage. Yeah, I knelt on a Duplo, I guess, before the pandemic, and I got a puncture wound because it hit right in the part <laughs> oh. of my knee where there wasn't any bone, and I'm oh. like bleeding like a pig. Rush is like, are you okay? I'm like, Rush, this is part of parenthood. <laughs> Dude, there's a Henry like was laid out on the ground and I had to hold back from being like, now you know how it feels. <laughs> he No, but he stepped on one and it was like, it's one of the like, it's sort of the shape of the classic four dot bricks, like the square ones. Yeah. But it was like, I guess a 
chest, a dr- a ch- like a treasure chest or something. So it had like a cap that comes off. So it just has like four tiny prongs sticking up off the top of it. It's like 10 times worse than a normal Lego. And he stepped right on it and just like laid him out on the ground. He was like, ah. I was like, what happened? He's like, I just stepped on something. It, I thought it was a Lego, but it did not feel like a Lego. It's so I went over and I was like, no, dude, it was. Look at this thing. And he's like, oh my gosh. But Who thought this hurt. was good for kids? Yeah. But I mean, this is, it was a weird, like, because usually they kind of work it out, you know, but this is like sharp and it's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Henry just got the, if you haven't seen Boba Fett, the N1 Starfighter set with a lot of little parts but it was one of those ones he does he never gives up he's like i don't know if i want to do this by myself daddy I'm like all right and then i looked at it I'm like jesus i don't want to do this either but it's really it was <laughs> yeah. really fun put together yeah i was thinking about getting that for henry and my henry and How i just feel about that putting that together thing... a starfighter oh man well he could do it on he's a lego like it's insane he'd probably put it together in like 15 minutes the thing wow. i'm worried about is looking at that it would be in pieces in two days because he would play with it and it would be all over the house and it's like yeah yeah i don't think they built this particular one with a lot of play in mind yeah it so doesn't look kind of like henry don't hold it by the back please don't hold it by the back <laughs> he's like why because it'll break and i'll be pissed because it was hard to get at the time i do love that it comes with the amy sedaris character <laughs> yeah that's awesome <laughs> she's so good how do we yeah, end up her- here i don't know <laughs> Where are we going with this? <laughs> I don't know. We should do I a think I, like, to Lego. I think we I like forgot we were podcasting for a second. All this, I was just like, wait a Lego right. Lego is analog. We should totally do an episode about Lego. Yeah, and they cool. make a lot of stationary items. Like yeah. a freakishly large okay. Note to self. So moving on to what's even more relevant to our podcast and in my experience, the second most ubiquitous thing that comes home, it's parts or holes or halves of pencils yeah what would you got i mean aside from just sharpening it up and using it which of course makes sense but maybe it's you know a little too short for adult hands what would you do with these items i mean i don't have kids to live in this house so i i mean not so much of it just goes into a bag and or into a like a drawer or something like that but i definitely like if there are like really fun ones i usually try like try to save them and Next time I go to Indiana and see my nieces and nephew or, you know, if I know kids who like just are interested in like the color purple or whatever, and it's a purple pencil, like I'll save it for that. But I really don't do anything, any interesting things with them. Yeah, I definitely don't do anything with them. But I do. I go through a pretty rigid like weeding process of. Yeah keep throw out keep throw and then like because uh, i never send henry with crap pencils to school so the ones that come back are usually pretty decent and so no child but, of mine will be seen with crap pencils <laughs> are you kidding me <laughs> you step foot in this house with that but they're always looking the two things my kids are always looking for is a pencil and scissors and it's like oh actually and scotch tape those three things they're constantly looking for those three things and i'm like First one, are you kidding me? There's 5,000 in this house. So I'll keep those from school, like from Henry. And they even still have like his number on the side because they like, I guess on the first day they have to like number their pencils. So mm. they like his classroom number or whatever. And so I just kind of scatter them around the house. We have like cups and stuff. Like I have one of those magnetic cups on the side of the fridge. And I know this year's leftover pencils, I plopped them in there and then put some on his desk and put some in the little like art table in the back corner and just like scatter them around without them being on the floor to be stepped on like everything else in my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have I, you, okay. 
I was going to say, I'm really interested to know what you do with them, Johnny, because you have the smallest living space and the most people living there and um, probably the most pencils. Yeah. I mean, Henry likes to share. So he comes home with far fewer pencils than he goes to school with, which yeah. makes me happy on a practical level. And, oh, Henry's a sweetheart level. Yeah. But uh, in years past, what we do is like, I did. I wrote a blog post about this that I'll put in the show notes because like it's hard to visualize, but take like a mint tin, figure out the exact measurements of the width and cut your pencils to that size with like a utility knife mm. and then stack them to the top in half of the book and fill the rest of it with a sharpener and an eraser, which probably also came home. And then you even like idea. make a tiny notebook and put it on the top and it's a sketch kit. And my kids and their friends were like, oh my God, this is so awesome. I'm like, I literally just handed you trash. <laughs> I like cut and sand it up. Like, I love that you love it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, even, it'd be so much fun just to like leave that on like a park bench or just like, just kind of seated around like public spaces and see. Yeah, totally. People just take them oh, off. Take them that's off. a good idea. We, yeah. have a, we have a lot of little free libraries around here. Yeah. I, yeah, stick I've that left. in there. I've left like uh, scenes and sketchbooks in there before just for the hell of it. If they're kid friendly. Yeah. That reminds me of a, there's this person on Etsy who makes guitar amplifiers out of Altoids. Oh yeah. Containers. <gasps> Have you seen those? Oh wow. I've seen those yeah. Before. They like, yeah, like rig it up and you can plug right into an Altoids tin that, and play your guitar. That's so fun. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how, where I can buy like 50 of these. <laughs> I know you can buy blank ones on Amazon pretty cheaply. It's not as fun, I guess. Mm. Although they won't say Altoids on the front, which some kids might like. <laughs> yeah, probably. My kids are like, can we cover this up? I'm like, put a sticker on it. God, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you have no stickers? I mean, I guess you could paint them. That's a lot of extra effort <laughs> and mess. Yeah. Yeah. So what about erasers? somewhat related i mean i am i'm a big user of pencil erasers so i don't have a whole lot of erasers just laying around but i definitely yeah have like so many of those little like mars lumograph style erasers or the tombow erasers and they <laughs> they just collect in drawers it's kind of what they do when i was a kid i used to like whatever like kind of like pink pearl eraser i had i would turn into like little race cars or like little spaceships or something and I would draw like little, either like little engines on the side or wheels on the side and have like windows with like little people's faces sticking out of it, like on the <laughs> kind of curved end. And so I would definitely like do a lot of just playing with my eraser in that way. Childhood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is not like, I guess what you do with like a half used eraser, but it's what I did with erasers a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're pretty easy to cut into a regular shape. Yeah. I would be interested to see people make like, I'm sure people have done this. I'm, I bet you have done this, Johnny. Like make li little like black wing erasers out of that, just cutting them up. I mean, I'm like, I've sat at a table before and sliced up a pink pearl into black wing style erasers and then throw them in the trash because I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> turns out <laughs> like uh, what am I gonna do with yeah. these? Yeah. I tried to do I'm, that. Not a new, not uh, a new pink pearl. Yeah, I think it was like the who makes it? The Pentel is the high polymer one. What's that one called? Mm-hmm. That one, like oh, yeah. I tried to make, mm -hmm. I tried to do that, and I was just like, I didn't have the patience for it. Maybe I will now. Huh. I'll try, I'll try it yeah. now. But yeah, didn't work for me. Now I have a con confession to make on the subject on erasers. I have a thing where I am just repulsed by used erasers. <laughs> um, Is it the grime or the shape? Yeah, it's the grime. Yeah, it's mostly they look the grime. Real grimy. I'm sure I you could, 
I'm sure I could buff that out, you know, whatever. Yeah. Figure it out. But I, they just, they gross me out so hard that when I'm cleaning out at the end of the year, those things go in the trash so fast. <laughs> I mean, well, if you like cut them, because like, a clean side, you can take like another eraser and sort of erase it and smooth them down a little bit on the corners. Man. But then how do you erase that eraser? It's just erasers all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's erasing the other one. And then suddenly yeah. you're just holding a bunch of dust. Yeah. And then it's a good, it's a good logic problem for the children. Like what came first, the eraser or the eraser? <laughs> <laughs> now I did this year when Henry got home in his backpack, I found like an ocean of pencil caps, erasers, ocean of pencil caps. like those pen- pencil cap erasers or whatever. Oh, you call like the, the, what is that called? The arrow arrow. Yeah. Like those, but they're like multicolored. And I was like, Ooh, where did you get these? <laughs> First of all, I was like, which te- did you steal this from your teacher? He's like, no, my teacher was just giving away like all kinds of stuff at the end of the year. And I just grabbed a handful and I was like, can I take all these? And she said, sure. And so I did dig those out and helped him find like a little receptacle for him. So now he's, he just got a new desk in his room or a new old desk that I fixed up. It was in our garage and, and he's got it all he set up. It was like the, the big event of the week, which I was like, he is definitely my son. He was so happy. He was like, he got home from camp and he's like, can I go up to my room and set up my desk? I was like, yeah, man, do Aww. it. <laughs> he went up and put his audiobook on and, and set up his desk. And then we put all those like all those pencil cap or you know, erasers or whatever and all their own little compartments and stuff. And he was just a he's a pig and shit. <laughs> <laughs> he was happy. <laughs> we were at Walmart, I think, last year. They had piles of erasers that were like rainbow, but not painted the they were dyed all the way through so i have i might have bought 20 of those things and they're all gone because i think henry gave them to all his friends so we haven't had any racers come home this year which is fine that's someone else's problem <laughs> but uh, another thing my kids come home with is a lot of like half used up or even barely used up glue sticks but that are pretty gross <laughs> I have this problem too with myself because I go through a good number of glue sticks and it's just a lot of trash to throw away. So I don't know hmm. like with them. Can you buy just like <laughs> cartridges? In the same way that you can buy hot glue refills? Like hot glue is just comes like itself, hmm. just the glue. Can, can you buy like glue stick refills? I don't know. Not that probably I'm aware not. Because you can't buy like chapstick refills and the chapstick <laughs> is probably the closest analog to glue sticks. I don't know why that grossed yeah. me out so bad. Chapstick <laughs> refills. Hair stuck to it just comes like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of glue sticks are already like half dry. So yeah. Yeah. they would just, you'd just be like, what's this plastic thing? <laughs> I was imagining like Johnny, like in the kitchen at his place, melting down the remainders of all these glue sticks and like pouring <laughs> them back it. in. To like refill, <laughs> like I don't know if you can melt them. It's <laughs> like cook, cooking it down and forming them back into old or into into yeah, into old yeah like I guess it that could work wouldn't work that well. <laughs> but I don't like the plastic, so I've been avoiding using them and using those tape rollers, which are fun. And Elmer's makes one that's refillable, so less trash. Mm. Yeah, which is cool. But uh, I digress. What are some other items? Like when I was little, we would take our old binders and use them for like baseball cards. And, oh, totally. Um, Dungeons and Dragons. Fountain and pens. I still have those. Yeah. I still have you those. Know, we were actually going through our baseball cards the other day and going through. And some of them were in my old binders from school. Hmm. Ones that I had used in class. You know what I use quite frequently is this is very niche. But the boxes that Baron Fig Confidants come in. I think that they are just the right size to put to put mm-hmm. pencils in. 
and things like that. I, yeah. Oh, I, um, I, I always put the journal I, back in them. Uh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever thrown one away. They, I've, I've put. It's just such a nice box. Um, when I bought a big pack of those Joy Ink Joy gel pens to take to work, and I grabbed a confidant case and threw them in there, and that's still how I store them in my desk. Just yeah. Tell me anyone. Yeah. Evidently, they make thirty colors now. Wait, what? Thirty colors of confidant? Yeah, I had a pretty big. No, the Ink Joy. Ink Joy. Oh, Ink Joy. Sorry, sorry. Thirty six. Wow. Like, this is more related than most of our tangents tonight, but I haven't been able to find them for sale. So if anyone knows where to get them and want to send us a link, I'd be appreciative because I need more pens. You, you sure do. <laughs> Actually, you I gotta have a... one matching Inkjoy gel pen with each Levenger True Rider with an ink in it that's the same color as <laughs> the gel pen. That's, that's your challenge. Yeah. <laughs> well, gel pens dry out, so I pretty regularly, holy crap, they're expensive. Get rid of them. Like my, I was out with my dad yesterday. He's like, can you help me find like a good gel pen for signing stuff? I'm like, yeah. My can closet. I? Can I ever? You'll yeah. be doing us both a favor. <laughs> <laughs> so I, they're harder to donate than pencils at the end we just like i make a box of pencils and send them into like henry's math teacher or frankie used to take them to school and put them in the teacher's supply closet and like by lunchtime they're gone yeah so that was good they get used yeah teachers don't mess around yeah <laughs> like, they think the cheapest thing in there was usually like ticonderoga so that's pretty yeah. decent mm-hmm I will yeah. take a half used pads of post-it notes and just as you do with like a sliver of soap about how you kind of like put it onto the next one, I <laughs> yeah. will take them and make just like Uber packs, like pads of post-its that are multicolored. And when I would go into an office, I would just put that back in the, like at the supply cabinet. So yeah, that, that's my, that's something with post-it notes <laughs> that I like to do. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. We were out of those page markers. So I sliced up a bunch of post-it pads. Oh yeah. Very yeah. badly. <laughs> <laughs> found some at office depot that were much more suitable i use i think we talked about this i use those those like little thin post-it notes or the page markers to mm-hmm. use to wrap around my pencil when i put it in the front the classroom friendly pencil sharpener oh that's easy <laughs> that's yeah because it doesn't like it doesn't leave teeth marks that way it's so fussy but it's yeah good way to deal with that oh I have, whenever uh, i remember it i do it too and i think of you every time <laughs> I literally do too. I have one on my desk at school that I fitted perfectly and then wrapped it in scotch tape. And so I just slide it off and slide it back yeah. on. Oh, perfect. <laughs> that is perfect. That's to sharpen. Great. Yeah. You just like idea. stick it on the top, get a couple uses out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't want to waste post its. Yeah. But yeah, do we have any other. I don't know. Like, what about if you start a new job or change offices? Yeah. Like, I stole the picture in my living room of the Washington Monument from a job, my last job, because <laughs> they were going to get rid of it. I'm like, no, I take well, it home. I do have, I mean, I, it's a partially a tech company thing, partially just like a hoarder thing. I have so, so many stickers from tech companies or from friends or whatever. And we've been trying to figure out what to do with them. I've just amassed so many of them. And in our new garage, we have this like, back of a shelf that's made out of like pegboard and katie suggested like taking all these stickers and just making just like wall-to-wall stickers on this particular like board just so it looks like an old like band like a dive bar or something like that so i think that's oh, what we're going to do with our stickers is just make a sticker wall that's cool when we're not recording i'll tell you about something we did in college that was similar <laughs> okay <laughs> but uh, i guess that's we wrap this one up 
Yeah. Because that, wow, it's getting late. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to tell folks where they can find you guys online? Andy, do you want to sure. go first? Yeah. I'm Instagram and Twitter as AWelfly and Andy.WTF is my website. How about you, Tim? You can find me on Instagram at Timothy Wassum and I'm on Twitter at Tim Wassum. And I'll be at home not reading James Patterson. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so I'm Johnny. I'm at PencilRevolution.com and on social media at Pencilution. And we are Erasable. So we are on Twitter and Instagram at Erasable Podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash erasable or is it erasable podcast? I don't remember. Sorry. <laughs> and you can search it's a, it's for a... the erasable podcast pencil community on Instagram, which or Instagram, Facebook, which is probably the friendliest corner of the internet. And while I get on Facebook once every two weeks, it's for that group. So I can't let go of my account. It's totally worth it. And we have a Patreon, which is a patreon.com slash erasable which you can use as a means to support our newly or renewed regular programming. And if <laughs> swear, for, yeah, our folks who subscribe at the producer level get a mention at the sh end of the show as producers. Yay. So I'm going to read this list and <clears throat> hopefully not butcher anybody's name. <laughs> so big thank you to Melissa Miller, Digitalintent.tech, Angie, Aaron Bollinger, Matthew Chavon, Andrew Austin, Tara Whittle, Ida Umfers, David Johnson, Phil Munson, Donnie Pierce, Bill Black, Ed Swift, Tom Keekley, Andre Torres, Paul Moorhead, John Cupoletti, Jamelia, Stephen Fensali, Aaron Willard, KP, Millie Blackwell, Michael Dialosa, Jacqueline R. Myers, Tana Feliz, Anne Sype, Joe Crace, Michael Hagen, Chris Metzkis, Bill Clow, Random Thinks, Elon Musk, Jason Dill, Dave McDonald, Mary Collis, Alex Jonathan Brown, Andre Provost, Kathleen Rogers, Kelton Weens, Scott Hayes, Hans Noodleman, Jay Newton, I'm a wiener. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Oh, I can't believe it's taken me this long. I watched. I watched him type that in there as Johnny oh, was reading this list. <laughs> I can't and believe it took me a hundred and some episodes to to try that. Okay, okay. perfect. And our poor friends at the end who are after that, Chris Jones and John Wood. <laughs> so thank you, folks, especially Elon Musk, who is not buying our podcast. <laughs> and we'll catch sale, you again. Yeah. yeah, we'll catch you again in two weeks. Oh, before we sign off we are going to somehow take feedback to see what we should do about our book club issue because or episode we had trouble getting hold of the author and it turns out that a lot of people really disliked the book so <laughs> <laughs> probably I'm, should have thought about that before there's a lot of negativity in the world already so if yeah. folks don't like i mean if nobody wants to talk about the book aside from to not like it we might skip it and yeah do a different book next time or something yeah so stay tuned for that and we'll talk to you in two weeks do you like our podcast most people like our podcast but if you don't like our podcast then we'll turn it off <laughs>